Hey there, welcome to the A to Z of Junior Golf Podcast. I'm Ryan Burr. You may know me from my broadcasting career at ESPN and Golf Channel. Really excited now to bring you a brand new podcast devoted to junior golf and to help all the families out there, the millions of families with junior golfers, and kind of give them a roadmap, if you will, to succeed and get everything they want out of the game of junior golf. I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron Zhang. It's how we got the name from A to Z of Junior Golf. And AZ, we've got so much planned. There are so many mistakes that families and children make in the game of junior golf that hurts them physically, it hurts them mentally, it costs them shots along the way. What are some of the items we're gonna to touch on uh, throughout the episodes that are really gonna help them take the next step? Well, in this podcast, we're gonna talk about you know the entire range of aspects that relate to performance in junior golf, um, you know, nutrition, recovery, hydration, uh, mental game, what equipment to wear, uh, to play, or even wear. Yeah, sure. Uh, rankings, recruitment, uh, the list goes on. It, it does go on, and and that really is why uh, junior golf needed this podcast, Aaron, is because there are so many things that this encompasses. And we will talk to PGA Tour stars, LPGA Tour stars, major champions. We'll talk to doctors, swing coaches, equipment companies. We're gonna try to give them everything that we know to help them along the way because it is a journey. How about the show we got coming up today, Aaron? We got some great guests coming in. What excites you about the, the podcast? Well, um, you know, it's just really, it's gonna be really exciting to hear the stories of all our guests and, you know, how they, got so good at what they do, uh, including Nota Begay, who, you know, went to Stanford, um, played on the professional junior tour, uh, professional golf sure, tour, sure. Uh, had four wins, and just an amazing overall golf career, both junior and professional. Yep. We're going to get into recruiting. We're going to talk to uh, a friend of yours who uh, will help out, and he's a doctor that will help out the junior golfers understand nutrition. I'm curious, uh, how about you in junior golf? When did you start playing? How did you get introduced to this great game? Well, I got introduced mainly through my sister. Like She started practicing golf, and I just kind of tagged along, and slowly I decided, like, I started to like the game quite a bit, and I took it more seriously as time went on, and I played my first golf tournament when I was just turned six. Wow. Yeah, so that was... Little quite, guy. Yeah, <laughs> little Aaron. Um, and I still remember very vividly the whole experience. Um, we got to the tee box. No, we got to the golf course 10 minutes before tee oh, time. Wrong, wrong turn, I Yeah, I, <laughs> I would not recommend going so late, but... Um, How'd you play? I shot a 62. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, it's 10 under for 18 holes, but uh, unfortunately, it was a 9-hole tournament. So, But that was the start of uh, what was a budding and became a really uh, – you've won a lot of golf tournaments. Your trophy room is full. Even though you shot 62 on that first day, you became addicted to the game. What do you love about golf? I just love that you can never get too good. You know, there's always room to improve. Wow. And you just have to keep striving to be better and better every single day. And yeah, that's what I love about golf. And why this podcast? There's nothing else like it. Uh, it was your idea. You wanted to do it. Give us the why. Well, I just feel like so many junior golfers and their families are lacking the proper information, you know, dealing with all the aspects of, of junior golf, including like nutrition, and mental game, the stuff that I mentioned earlier. Um, and I'm fortunate to have received help from so many great coaches, 
know, doctors and so many great people. Um, and I just really wanted to share what I learned from them with the, with the junior golf world. Well, so. we say thank you for that. And I'm sure they'll say thank you to this podcast is uh, mistakes have been made along the way by a lot of people over the years, over the decades. And if we can provide that information to them, that it will help their junior golfer, then, then we've succeeded. Our first guest is a four-time winner on the PGA Tour. He was a three-time All-American, won a national championship at Stanford. He has been named a top 100 sports educator in the world. He has been an incredible advocate for social justice and change for Native Americans. He is now a broadcaster for NBC and Golf Channel and helps run the largest junior golf national championship in the country. That's a long introduction to welcome in my very good friend, Noda Begay III. Noda, our podcast is designed for the junior golfer and their family. Tell me how you were first introduced to junior golf. Well, I mean, it's through family. It was through my father, who wasn't a very good golfer at all and actually never became a good golfer. And um, similar to your family, Ryan, um, <laughs> with <laughs> Caden, Caden's quite a player, your son, and, and there's a lot to be uh, aspired for with, with your game. But my dad just started playing, and my brother and I tagged along, and I really found some sort of interest in it. It, it um, attracted me for a variety of reasons. I think that it was a um, unique individual sport. And so I, I felt like I could just, if I had to depend on myself, I was okay with that. And if I worked hard, it would pay off. And uh, I got an opportunity at a municipal golf course on the west side of Albuquerque, the head pro there named Don Zamora. He's, uh, he gave me a job when I was nine years old and that was my access. Like that created an opportunity for me to practice and play uh, regularly in the summers and I sharpened my game and was able to pave my way to Stanford. Uh, Noda, you had an incredible junior and professional career. Did golf always come easy to you? I don't know that golf comes easy to anybody, uh, even Tiger Woods. I think that even in, in my many discussions with him through our friendship over the last 35 years, it's, it's a moving target. One day you're hitting it great, but you can't make a putt. The next day you make everything, but you can't hit a green. And it's those unique and special days where it kind of all comes together and you have a, a great chance to shoot a, a 60 or a 59 or a 61. And um, I've always encouraged junior golfers to take those moments, embrace them and, and stay aggressive and um, sort of, be the recipient of the of the payoff of all the work that they're they're putting in but no it's not an easy game and uh that's why you see so many of the best athletes in the world who who retire from their sport the jerry rice the tony romo uh, the larry fitzgerald they struggle with the game they're great athletes but no matter how hard they work and they work hard at their game they still can't get to that where they would where they think they should be in terms of the professional level of of skill, it just—it's just a very hard thing to pursue. Aaron, did you see how he slipped the fifty-nine in there? No, no. One of the the few professionals that actually uh, shot fifty-nine uh, broke sixty, but he always has to—he always has to get in there. That the fifty-nine. I mean, if I saw fifty-nine, <laughs> Aaron, if you're interested in broadcasting, that's just called a professional slip right there. You know, you put it <laughs> out there, and that's just seeing if your host 
uh, have done the research, which obviously Ryan and you have, so you would know that I shot 59. So now I'm forcing you to talk about it, but no, I'm kidding. Um, that was a great day when, like, for me, everything came together and I had a chance to make history, and I did. Nota, let's talk about your upbringing because it is uh, an incredible story for those that haven't heard it. You spent a large portion of your youth growing up on a Native American Indian reservation. What kind of challenges did that upbringing in that situation and the game of golf, uh, What as those two worlds came together, what were some of the challenges you faced? Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover between those two worlds and uh, never really has been. I think, you know, there's over 577 um, sovereign recognized uh, tribes in the United States. And there's only about 60 to 70 native owned golf properties. So you really there really isn't a lot of um, connection between a reservation upbringing and, and access to the game of golf. And so it was sort of a needle in the haystack for me to, to have a chance to play golf. I mean, if you just kind of look at all of the various indicators of, of lifestyle on a reservation, there's, they're not good. Uh, we have the shortest lifespan in America. We have the highest rates of addiction to drugs and alcohol in the country, um, highest type two diabetes rates, highest unemployment rates in, in a lot of our reservations. And so, there's just a lot of, of things that get in your way when you're trying to pursue a career, you're trying to pursue um, something that I think is in worth, worth going after. And for me, it was golf. And, you know, an interesting note, Ryan, is that we've got a young man that is going to be competing in our upcoming national championship, the, the MB3 JGNC uh, in Cushada. Um his name is Lance Christensen, and he's from the Pine Ridge Reservation. That is by far the poorest community in the United wow. States. He has to drive over an hour each way just to find a nine-hole facility. Um, and they don't have a golf team at his school, so he has to play for another school. So those are the stories I love. And I think that's what we're going to see the culmination of this junior golf initiative that, that we've been working on together is, so many different stories, so many different backdrops from all these players. But for me, it was having great people in my life. My parents never told me I couldn't do it. Um, my coaches always encouraged me to go after whatever it is I thought um, I wanted to be. And I wanted to be a professional golfer. And that's that's what I worked for. That's what I practiced for. That's what I saw myself as. And uh, I was lucky to be able to turn that into reality. So, Noda, your national championship will be broadcasted on Golf Channel this November. Um, how could this help junior golfers really get exposure? Well, it, it's it's huge. I mean, there's been a uh, ban on recruiting as far as co college coaches since the, the quarantine started in spring. So many of the coaches have not been able to go out and, and see players. And so this is a way for... Uh, coach to sit on his or her couch and see the best players in the country and what an advantage what an opportunity for these players who are good enough and lucky enough to qualify to be able to go out and showcase their abilities in front of the country but more importantly for those kids that haven't seen any interest from uh, maybe college recruiters or whatnot they might be able to um, 
create a connection with a coach that has a scholarship available or a spot open on the team. And that's what this is all about. That's what the whole initiative is all about. And it starts from the very, the very moment a, a junior golfer signs up for our event, there are no restrictions. We don't ask for any points or resumes. I don't care where you're from. Um, you know, if you play on a nice course or, or a crappy course, I don't care. If you want to come and you want to compete, you want to compete against great players. And if you are good enough and you work hard enough and you make it to the national championship, there's a whole other world of opportunity available to these competitors when they tee it up this coming November. Uh, great message, Noda. Uh, I know I'm sure a lot of our viewers and listeners uh, know you are very good friends with Tiger Woods. I'm curious, uh, what was it like the first time you met Tiger? How old were you? And were you guys immediately good friends? Well, I was 12 years old. Many people think we met at Stanford, but uh, we had already been friends for almost 10 years when he came came to Stanford. Uh, I met him when he was nine years old. He was playing in at the what is at the time was called the Optimist Junior World in San Diego um, at a at a little course called the Presidio, and everybody heard of Tiger Woods. I mean, he was on national television on the Mike Douglas Show when he was two years old. He was on That's Incredible. I mean, um, Aaron, you don't know anything about those shows because you're way too young. <laughs> I'm even borderline way too young for the Mike Douglas show. But you just heard of this this phenom. He was winning his age group by sometimes 10, 15, 20 shots. I got I got to go see this guy. Like, I'm here. He was competing in my brother's age group, my bro younger brother, Clint, who works uh, with our foundation now. Um, so I went to watch my brother and I'm like, I snuck over to watch Tiger. He's finishing up. I met him and we instantly just became great friends and uh, we traveled together and we played junior golf events together and amateur golf. And he, he decided to come to Stanford and um, we just have had a, a lifelong friendship and it's a true friendship. And um, it's been a, a special relationship in my life. Uh, Noda, as, as you continue to be such a huge part in this game of golf, now as a broadcaster, as a, as part of this junior golf event that, that Aaron mentioned, uh, you've become an ambassador for the sport. Uh, I don't know if you knew that you were necessarily getting into that, but you're an educator, you're an advocate. Uh, why, why is this game of golf so special to you, to your core? Because it's honest. There's It's, it's your relationship with where you've hit the ball and your emotions and your mind. And there's nobody out there that can throw you a, a life preserver to save you when things are going bad. And I think that that's the integral part of this game that I try to impart to parents and coaches, um, instructors, fitness, everybody is it's it's not just a physical battle. I don't care. You know, the strongest and the longest hitter doesn't win every week, the shortest and, 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 and maybe the smaller uh, size players, you know, are going to have their day. Um, and it's a, it's a very fair game. There's nobody out there trying to stop you from doing what you're trying to do. And it's your mental capacity that allows you to either persevere in times of great challenge, or you, inf you inflict doubt into your procedure, your process, your approach. And that pulls you in the wrong direction. And so I've always been an advocate of a player. And I love watching players that might not have the best physical skills, but 
are their great thinkers and they always believe in themselves and they never stop fighting. And, you know, Jordan Spieth is somebody that I would say, like, coming up through junior golf, like, he had a funny, funny finish. You know, he, he didn't have a, what you would call a classic golf swing, but golly, did that guy like to compete. And I love watching those kinds of kids because they really understand that they can get the maximum out of their game if they just put their mind to it. Well, Noda, uh, it's an incredible journey you've had from, from obviously your childhood uh, all the way through Stanford, winning on the PGA Tour, shooting 59, and now giving back to the game. Congratulations on everything you've done with your national championship. We certainly uh, look forward to watching that on Golf Channel uh, December 9th. And we thank you for being our first guest on the A to Z podcast. Hey, great to see you, Ryan. Thanks, Aaron. And uh, it's just been such a joy to be a part of this whole initiative. Appreciate uh, you guys having me. I know that Begay is some kind of inspiration for all he has not only overcome, but for what he's done for the game, given back, and now with his own junior tournament. That was some interview. What stood out to you? Yeah, I, was, I really enjoyed listening to his you know, entire life story, how he really picked up the game, and just you know, all, all what he did to become what he became, which is an incredibly successful golfer. And what really stood out to me was how he kind of optimized how much golf he could practice. You know, he grew up in an Indian reserve and the golf there is extremely scarce. I mean, you can't really find many golf courses where he lived at all. So it was really interesting how he was really determined to be the best golfer he could, um, given the hardships. Yeah, it's a, it is a great story of overcoming for sure. At nine years old, he got a job on a driving range where he would help them and in return, he was allowed to hit balls. I mean, talk about dedication yeah, and sacrifice. extreme dedication there. And so many of our viewers are dedicated in trying to make it to the next level. And here on the A to Z, a junior golf podcast, we're going to try to do just that, get you to the next level. At the top of the show, we mentioned how the A to Z podcast will focus on helping that junior golfer that actually wants to go another step, wants to play college golf. And there are so many questions, so many mistakes that the, the junior golfer makes as far as trying to make it to the next level. And there are people uh, that have the ability to help. And we'd like to welcome in Roger Nick from the Junior Hub to do just that. And that is help our junior golfer. Uh, Roger, what is the number one mistake and, and I don't want to be negative, but the number one mistake that you see is this is your business, your career, that a junior golfer, a junior golf family make when it comes to trying to navigate the recruiting process. Uh, Ryan, Aaron, thanks so much. That's a great question. And I tell you, you know, the number one thing that we see is that most people don't take this uh, and work on this early enough. Um, they, it, it is a process. This should be a campaign for those who are interested in playing golf. So I think the number one mistake that we see uh, having dealt with thousands and thousands of juniors on the junior golf hub is that they, they wait until the last minute. They don't have a plan. Uh, they assume that, you know, Hey, maybe they're playing some good golf in junior tournaments that they're going to just get recognized based on their talent alone. Um, and unfortunately don't really plan out this process um, and take enough time for this process. So I mean, we typically start, you know, uh, in, in, the, in a good way, we typically start, you know, grooming our parents and having them ask the right questions, uh, or at least giving them what we call our checklist um, on the Hub Essentials Guide is there's a checklist that says you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, what you need to be doing in, those in that time frame 
to you know give yourself that best opportunity to be recruited. Um, I think scores are fantastic. Obviously, you got to have the talent uh, first and foremost. But the other part of that is that college coaches and programs they're looking more you know they're looking for more than just talent. They're looking for good young people who are going to they're going to be living with and traveling with for four years. So uh, you know again the negative is you know number one negative they're not planning in this process. Um, you know you start with a plan, execute the plan. You know, obviously, and as this year was, it's uh, there's a lot of things that are going on in this year that we weren't expecting. So, uh, and that's something we can talk about a little bit later. But I think when you have a plan, you can make adjustments. If you don't have a plan, you're just kind of lost in, in, you know, drifting in the wind, if you will. So I, I, that's what we see a lot with our young players and parents alike. And I know we get that from our parents quite often. Is it, man, I should have started earlier. And, and we always say, yes, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never too early to start preparing for college recruitment. Um, which brings me to my next question. How exactly has the pandemic affected the recruiting process? Oh, wow, Aaron, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's just absolutely devastated the, the recruiting process in so many ways, obviously on both sides of it, for colleges and college co coaches and programs. Uh, and then also all the, all the young junior players out there, you know, aspiring to play in college uh, with the pandemic. I mean, we've seen just uh, almost a halt in what's going on. And I'm and I don't want to say that as in every program is in, in peril and they're not going to recruit. But it's just such uh, in a state where, you know, the NCAA obviously giving uh, extra years of eligibility. And then where is that coming from? So we're seeing a lot of kind of just unknown right now from the college side, from the school side. Uh, and then obviously on the junior side is what do we do uh, and, and what should we be doing? And we're seeing a lot of reclassification, you know, um, in this process. And quite honestly, if we look at from the, the silver lining of this whole thing, I think I would, and we do this recommendation quite often with all our players, that this is a perfect time to take a gap here, perfect time to, you know, spend some time working on your mental game, working on your overall development, uh, obviously, academics, focus on getting academics, you know, the best you possibly can. And then, you know, uh, don't sweat it. You know, let's uh, it's a dead you know, dead period or blackout period, whatever the NCAA is calling that now, where coaches are not able to really go out and actively recruit and connect with, uh, you know, young families, young players. Uh, so it's really a, a time where you need to be reflecting on your process, your plan, um, and just keep getting better in all aspects of it. Oh, Roger, that is uh, that is great advice for sure, Aaron. It's a great question, uh, Roger. For all of our listeners out there, these families of these juniors, you talked about starting young. Uh, give us an idea of how they can reach out to you, and you can help in this process. Yeah, absolutely. Reach us out. Uh, reach out to me, Roger, at the JuniorGolfHub.com, uh, or you can find us on the Junior Golf Hub site, or you know, download the app. And obviously, we'll answer any questions you'll see all of our developmental processes there and and you know pdi the uh, player development index where players can actually go through a self-assessment just to get a sense of where they are and then maybe start with asking questions for from there all right roger we appreciate it we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks and uh thank you so much thank you roger thanks so much guys have a great night wow it's uh to listen to roger and nick talk about recruiting and getting an early start you know, that certainly is, is great advice, and, and you kind of uh, live in a world where your, your sister's playing college golf, and, and one day you'll play college golf, and it is, uh, it's a whole different world out there, and getting an early start was a key point. 
When you think about recruiting and, and picking a college, uh, what stands out to you from what Roger said? Um, I like how he emphasized how important it is to really start early because you know if you're rushed and kind of procrastinating on your whole college golf recruitment process, then honestly, like it's really difficult to go to the school of your choice. Um, a lot of times when you're in that situation, you might have to settle for you know one of your schools that were safety schools mm -hmm. where you don't really get to take your best shot at the college you want to go to. So I, th I think it is really important to really start early and trying to get to the college you want to go to. That's a great point, Aaron. And uh, as we warm up for our next guest, I know something that, that you think about all the time, and that is golf is more than just hitting balls. Yeah, it's sure. about uh, taking care of your body. How is that something that you've, as you've gotten older, something you've embraced and, and tried to do a better job of? Um, there is really like a turning point in how I viewed golf as soon as I had my first back injury. Yeah. In August of 2018 on the Oklahoma University driving range. Wow, you remember it. Yeah, it was one of the worst experiences, you know, maybe of my life. I mean, I just remember dropping to my knees after one golf swing and just having that sharp pain in my left back. And that's when I really started to just take a step back and realize that I need to take better care of my body. And I started to see Dr. B, Dr. Brendan, who we're going to talk to next. Yeah. He's an amazing doctor. Um, he's worked with so many great players and he's given me such great advice. And what I've really been doing these last couple of years is doing all the exercises that he tells me to do. And since then, my back pains have eased amazingly. So. Wow, that is, uh, that's emotional, Aaron. Thank yeah. you for sharing that as we uh, move on to our next guest. Love that. It's more than just practicing golf. It's more than hitting balls. It's more than working on your short game. And for that, we welcome in Dr. Brendan McLaughlin, who has been cutting edge when it comes to finding ways to get the most out of the world's top athletes and solving complex health conditions. Dr. B, so many kids as we talk about uh, hitting balls out there. I, I know you, you met Aaron, my partner here, a, a long time ago. Tell me about the first time you met A to Z Aaron Zang. Yeah, so the f first time I met Aaron, it was, it was quite funny. Um, you know, he'd come in to see me as a typical kind of junior golfer, young guy. He sort of had some aches and pains and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, with, with all the young athletes I work with you know they're just super excited about playing golf and he was very very excited about playing golf and being active and he, he wanted to do lots of jumps and sprints and fun stuff like that um, and and at that age he wasn't really concerned about sort of anything and then Aaron's over six feet now when I met him he was barely five feet so he, you know in, in the time that I've known him he just every time I see him he grows three or four inches every month so because of that, and you know, trying to play competitive golf, uh, that puts a lot of strain on the body. So, so we've had to be pretty clever in how we design our, our programs and our practice schedule and nutrition and all of that sort of as he's grown to sort of support his golf. Well, that's certainly what we want to would like to get into during this podcast is for where we have so many junior golf families and players that, that watch and listen to this podcast that they do think 100% about how to play golf better. 
but don't necessarily, Aaron, think about everything else that goes into playing better. What are some questions you have? Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many junior golfers that don't eat anything during the round. Um, so my first question to you is, ideally, how many calories should be consumed during a full golf round? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And the, the reality is, uh, depends on the context of the athlete. Um, and, and what I will say is a very general statement is, is you're right in your observation in that most junior golfers don't eat at all on the course, or if they do, uh, they eat very, very little. Um, and, and then, so if they eat enough during the day period, so, so my big thing with junior golfers is making sure you get enough calories during the day. And, and the reality is some athletes like eating on the course and some don't. Uh, and the ones that don't, they just have to be very careful and, and time the rest of their meals and the food and make sure they're getting enough calories during the day. Um, the big thing with junior athletes is I don't necessarily like counting calories per se until they get older because um, that creates a lot of stress and anxiety about worrying about getting enough food um, on top of playing competitive golf and doing all of those things. So it's it's really just starting to think about food as a way to support your body so that you can play golf. Uh, so your food choices sort of directly affect your golf game and, and directly affect sort of how you think and how you feel and how well you recover. Uh, and starting on that process in a, at a young age, I think is important. Yeah. What's snacks or foods are absolutely detrimental to a player on the golf course? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I mean, outside of, particular athletes having allergies or sensitivities to particular things. Uh, I, I think when we think about nutrition on the golf course, we need to think about stabilizing our energy. So often at junior tournaments, uh, you know, on the first tee, you chug a Gatorade and you eat a protein bar or a candy bar or something like that. Uh, and it gives you energy for maybe a hole or two, uh, but then you have a dip and then, you know, you miss a shot or you miss a putt or something and you think you're, it's a mental problem or you're bad at golf or the course is hard. And, and really it's just your physiology. You're, you're trying to manage fluctuating blood sugars and a number of other things. Wow. Um, so that's a super important thing to consider. So I, I tend to not recommend uh, any kind of sports drinks that are really high in sugar um, or a lot of processed sugar on the golf course, because then we're just sort of riding the wave up and down of trying to manage your energy. Um, so things that are, more stable something that has protein in it a little bit of carbohydrate and some healthy fats is, is ideal yeah protein is always great to consume on the golf course when you're playing you know in really hot conditions or walking 18 holes taking over four hours um but what's the main difference between liquid protein and solid protein like the, the main difference between let's say a protein bar or a protein shake yeah so if, if we're talking liquid versus solid, um, when I think about that, it's, it's always best to eat real food uh, if, mm -hmm. if we can, because we're getting sort of the protein, but then we're getting minerals, we're getting vitamins, we're getting all the other things that we need that help us absorb and digest that protein uh, and then help us in a number of other ways. Now, there's a time and place for, for liquid protein, uh, like a protein shake. What I would say, though, is, is most protein shakes um, 
they're not complete proteins and usually they have a whole bunch of additives and junk in them to make them taste like a milkshake. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of have to be careful in, in, in what we choose with that. But uh, in the context of, of playing 18 holes and playing a tournament, uh, liquid can be a nice option because it's easier to digest and we don't really have to worry about that uh, rather than trying to eat a lot of whole fruit on the golf course. So usually a, a mix, assuming that the, the protein shakes are good quality. Dr. B, my junior golfer uh, in my family, uh, it yes. is a nerve thing uh, that uh, loves to eat, except uh, the day of the tournament. Uh, it is tough to, to really eat anything. It's just the nerves and uh, loves to eat the night before and after the round, but getting to eat anything other than drink water is is a challenge. Is there, when, when you're dealing with a situation of the upset stomach you've talked about where they are, uh, just say they're not hungry, they can't eat, they can't eat, is there a way you can stack something the night before, the morning of, a couple hours before you play that can at least uh, help a little bit if they refuse to eat during the round? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's a very common thing, especially in junior golf. Um, and even at a professional level, some guys, when they get to their first major tournament or the first Masters or something like that, they run into the same situation. So uh, really planning for a golf tournament, eating for a golf tournament uh, doesn't mean like, oh, I have to magically eat better when I'm on the golf course. It, it starts the night before. Um, so have, having a, like a proper meal the night before, uh, hopefully breakfast, depending on the tea time, depending on sort of when you have to play. And then definitely uh, supplying your body with nutrients after in order to recover is very helpful. So again, as long as in a 24-hour period you're getting enough calories to support what your activity is, um, then that's okay. I, I, I would say, though, sometimes the, the not eating precipitates the, the anxiety oftentimes. Mm. So uh eating something uh, and certain foods are, are very good at sort of decreasing anxiety and stuff like that. So eating something is helpful uh, at, at some point, uh, whether, and even if it's, you know, after nine holes, you have a snack, you kind of collect yourself and, and do it that way is, is oftentimes a really good idea because uh, a lot of my junior athletes that don't like to eat on the golf course, they always seem to struggle sort of once they get to about the 15th or 16th hole. And really that's just, they're running out of energy. And then, and so they think that they're struggling mentally kind of on the back nine under the pressure of the tournament. When the reality is they probably just don't have enough fuel to support their decision-making and actually swing a golf club. Yeah. What you eat on and off the course, you know, affects how you play no matter yeah. what. And it's extremely important to eat the right things. You know both on and off the course but what's arguably just as important as eating is drinking and you know drinking water and you know protein shakes all that but you know one of the most common mistakes I think happened that happens in junior golf is dehydration um, and if a junior player gets dehydrated at some point during the round is it possible for them to return back to their optimal hydration or have the negative effects already kicked in and is it already too late for them to return to the optimal hydration? Yeah, that's a great question. So first and foremost, I want to underscore how important hydration is because 
hydration, proper hydration not only affects kind of our decision-making or thinking on the golf course, but it directly affects our golf swing. So they've done a whole bunch of studies on hydration in golf. Uh, and you get decreased power output and club head speed roughly 10 to 25%, uh, depending if you're severely dehydrated. So that's a really, really important thing to consider. Now, I would argue that most uh, junior athletes are probably walking around dehydrated on any given day. Uh, wow. So they're already walking into a situation where they're already dehydrated. So obviously water is going to help. Now, can you instantly fix it? Um, probably not. Uh, more than likely, you can probably kind of collect yourself. You start to cool down. You think better. Um, but the long-term effects of dehydration really show up as lack of recovery between tournaments, uh, muscle soreness, joint aches and pains, and that kind of stuff. So that has to be sort of a long-term strategy. And really what it comes down to is the amount of water, but also the quality of water too. Um, so you can, you can fix some of the temporary things as far as thinking and sort of how you feel, um, but your recovery will be hindered if you're, if you're dehydrated. Uh, last thing for me, Dr. B, uh, I know there's no magic pill, magic solution out there, but if there was one thing, uh, you could influence our junior golfers to eat at the turn, uh, from nine green to 10 T is there one particular item that would benefit them the most on that back nine? Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, again, it kind of comes down to the context of the individual. So, uh, you, you know, some guys and girls, they do great on certain things and some guys and girls do not so great on the others. Uh, one thing I would say about junior golfers, though, um, I, I tend to overemphasize the importance of protein with junior golfers because they don't eat enough. Um, mm -hmm. so, so most junior athletes are really good at eating carbohydrates, you know, sandwiches, pasta, rice, all of that. They're great at that. Um, but more often than not, they struggle to get enough protein. and so at the turn, I'd really, really want something with protein in it because the whole point of having protein is it supplies us with amino acids. And those are so, so important for so many functions in our body uh, and something that people just don't get enough of. So at the turn, as long as it's got quality protein in it, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Dr. Brendan McLaughlin, you've been uh, a wealth of knowledge today for our junior golfers and their family. Uh, we certainly thank you for joining us on the A to Z of Junior Golf Podcast. Thank you. Got it, guys. Thank you very much. Wow, great interview. Thanks to Dr. B. That's someone we could talk to for uh, an entire hour. We will have him back, Aaron, and certainly we, we focused on nutrition today, but we will get into injury, recovery, exercises. That's really his strong suit. Is He's got some kind of career going. Oh, yeah, he's worked with so many like, professionals on all the professional golf tours, such as Justin Rose, uh, Henrik Stenson, Danny Willett, which is a former Masters champion. So yeah. he's, he's been all over the place. So this is episode one of from A to Z of Junior Golf. And certainly uh, our goal, and we hope we've accomplished that today, is each and every episode to give you something to think about for your junior golfer and to help their career just a little bit. And uh, great first episode. Your, your first one's in the books. Great job, Aaron. Thank you. For Ryan Burr, I'm Aaron Zane. We will see you again in October when the next episode of A to Z of Junior Golf will be dropping.
In that episode, we'll be joined by 2008 Masters champion Trevor Immelman. So until then, stay safe and enjoy golf. Have a great day.